This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, December 15, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. The healthcare debate has sadly been dominated by several myths. You won't pay more for health insurance. You can keep the insurance you like. Taxes won't rise. And the bill costs what Congress says it will cost. At best, says Mike Tanner, senior fellow at the Cato Institute, they're myths. At worst, they're lies. One of the most important things that is being said in this healthcare debate that is extremely misleading is the idea that if you have health insurance today and you like it, you will be able to keep it. It is almost certain under the health care bills that are being debated in Congress right now that that's not the case. For example, there is an individual mandate in both the House and Senate versions of this bill and an employer mandate in the House version that requires that everyone buy insurance and employers provide insurance, but not just any insurance. Your insurance must meet a specific package of benefits that the government has set out. Those benefits may be more expensive than your current policy. They may be benefits you don't want or even benefits that you're morally opposed to. But you will have to change your current insurance plan to comply with that mandated minimum set of benefits. In addition, plans like uh, HSAs, health savings accounts, will be virtually eliminated. Plans like flexible spending accounts will be severely restricted. The Medicare Advantage program for seniors will be largely eliminated. Uh, these, are, these are all ways in which people will lose their current insurance. So that's, uh, I think, myth number one. Uh, President Obama had insisted that he wanted a bill that would come in under X number of dollars. These are CBO scores, but they're preliminary. They're not a full CBO treatment of what a bill's actual costs are going to be, right? Well, the numbers that are being thrown around out there are extremely misleading. Uh, For example, the Senate bill is officially scored at $849 billion. Uh, Harry Reid is very proud of that. Uh, I mean, of course, I remember when $849 billion was actually a lot of money. Uh, But uh, nowadays, it shows how uh, frugal they're being. Uh, But those numbers are are not even close to accurate. Uh, There's all sorts of accounting gimmicks. There's money that's shifted from this bill into another bill uh, so that uh, they can just hide where the costs really lie. Uh, There are 10 years of taxes in this bill, even though there's only six years of a program. Uh, In fact, if you actually do away with the accounting gimmicks and you look at 10 years of the actual program, it's about $2.5 trillion, not $849 billion. And that doesn't include all the costs that are shifted on to businesses, taxpayers, and state governments. If uh, My colleague Michael Cannon has suggested that this bill could cost close to $6 trillion over 10 years if you looked at all the costs that everyone has to pay. Part of the figures that are being thrown around uh, publicly assume a certain amount of cuts in Medicare uh, and other programs. Yeah, this is the uh, someone else will make the cuts uh, idea. Uh, that they're going to save a great deal of money and, in fact, even reduce the budget deficit uh, someday. Uh, you know, the, this is the Annie uh, healthcare spending program. Tomorrow we will uh, make spending cuts. This Congress won't, but some future Congress will have the courage to reduce Medicare spending, and we can take credit for that now. What are the effects of this legislation or these pieces of legislation on premiums? You know, back when President Obama was running for president, he used to talk about how health care reform would save everyone $2,500 a year on their premiums. Uh, that rhetoric's long gone, of course, but there's, in Congress, they still talk about how this is going to reduce health insurance premiums. The Congressional Budget Office says that's simply not true. 
that over the next 10 years, whether or not we pass these, this, these healthcare reform bills, insurance premiums are essentially going to double. Uh, and for people who are in the individual market, that is, they don't get health insurance to their employer, they go out and buy it on their own, the reform bills in Congress will actually increase premiums by about 13% over and above this doubling that's going to take place regardless of whether the bill passes. Uh, so not only does this not improve matters, it actually makes matters worse for most people. Uh, another thing that the president has continually insisted on is that the health care reform would not increase taxes for the middle class. Somehow this is all going to be paid for by those evil rich people who create jobs and things like that. But that's not true either. Uh, the fact is that this bill contains a number of provisions which will increase taxes, at least indirectly, on the middle class. There are taxes, for example, on medical device manufacturers and healthcare providers that will simply be passed down in the form of higher insurance premiums. There is an, in the Senate bill an excise tax, a 40% excise tax on what they're calling Cadillac insurance policies, which means an insurance plan that provides more benefits than the government thinks you should have. Uh, that will begin to hit more and more middle-class workers as inflation drives up the cost of insurance plans. Uh, so they will be middle-class people paying that tax. And then finally, the mandates, the requirement that you buy a government-designed benefits package that may be more expensive, is also a middle-class tax. In fact, no less than Larry Summers, uh, the president's economic advisor, has said that that's indistinguishable from a tax. Mike Tanner is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute and co-author of the Cato book, Healthy Competition. You can get your copy at Cato.org.